0: We were fortunate enough to get a call from Jordan and Kirsten of Newfoundland Zone, Quote the Raven. We get to talk a bit about their travels with music, some of their learning experiences, and their growth in the music industry. And as always, we'll be treated to a few tunes as well. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is the Peck and Place Podcast. love about music
1: oh <laughs> honestly i think i think it's the f- you know i've had a lot of jobs like i started working when i was 16 so like by the time i was 26 i had seven or eight different jobs from fields and like i used to be a bagger at sobeys like a fire alarm technician and like a mechanical techno i did i did basically everything and music was the only thing where Everything was different enough that I wasn't bored after like three days. And it's kind of in that thing that just has always been a part of my life that the workflow is so unique. Like there's, I can't compare it to anything else. Like there are aspects of it that feel like a nine to five job but then there's these moments where you're up four o'clock in the morning, either jamming with friends or, you know, just scratching out a song idea. And I think because it is that wholly unique, it's the one thing that I can't see myself going without. And that's really why I love music. Kirsten?
2: I think for me, it's like, it's sort of more of an escape, I guess. Like, I don't know. I I find like, even when I was younger, even if I was just lip syncing to a song or like dancing around, like that was the happiest I was. And I don't know, I guess just made me forget about everything else. So in a way, I think it's that. But yeah, just, it just, I don't know. It just makes me happy to do in any capacity. As long as there's music on or I'm singing yeah, or whatever, not, I'm the Not happiest. the paperwork. No, not the paperwork. <laughs> not the business side. Does not make me happy. But uh, yeah, anything to do with music has always, always been
0: a big thing for me. No, uh, me too. I think that's a commonality with uh, those that do love music. And I think most people do to some degree. I run across the odd person that doesn't for some really weird reason. <laughs> but, yeah. But,
1: uh, <laughs> I've met a couple...
0: What <laughs> amazing to me!
1: Nothing like there's nothing that's ever, you know. It's like I've never read a book kind of thing. Like it's the same.
0: Yeah, but same even thing, yeah. even worse, I think. <laughs> like
1: yeah, definitely. Like yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I, I did you know enough reading in high school and university, and and even for my own enjoyment, I can see why if all you ever got of reading was what you were told or made to read, maybe maybe you wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Right. But music, I don't, I don't grasp that whole not liking music thing. Yeah. I just can't wrap my head around it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and there's so much that can be like considered music. You could just be tapping your foot, or like, you know, any kind of sound really, in in any kind of rhythm is kind of music. So it's like, how? What's What's that? uh, (laughs) That piece
1: is called like four minutes and twelve seconds or something like that. And it's just silence. But anybody speaking in the audience is a part of you know, or anybody who has anything to say, while well, their Spirosikov or whatever it is becomes part of the piece. And I always thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. And like, although I find it a little bit like, you know, maybe a little bit like an artistic freedom thing, it's also kind of a cool analogy to say that like, yeah, music is, is all around us in some capacity.
2: That's so weird because it's true. Like even the way people speak a sentence could be... A song. There's a melody in people's work.
1: Oh, like that guy. He does bass lines to like people's speeches.
2: Oh my god, I love that stuff.
1: So good. Oh yeah, (laughs) Uh, awesome. (laughs) That
0: always dumbfounds me. Like we're just talking about COVID overall. How's it kind of affected you guys? Other than obviously you know income and not being able to play gigs and stuff like that. But how has it affected you as far as songwriting and? You know, just musically in general.
1: Things started now. Like it was, it was super depressing. Mm. Um, we like we had spent the six months prior to everything getting shut down, da- shut down, planning a tour uh, for a month and a half, basically across uh, eastern Canada. And the day before we were supposed to go, they basically closed down the ferry leave in Newfoundland, and that was it. That was we 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 waited until literally the last minute to. To cancel everything because it's you know as much as it's it was a source of income for us it was also like this is what we're doing you know we've been touring so much over the past two years like we've been on the road probably six months or, or more over the past two years just touring all over the place so so when that disappeared we were like what do we do and i know i spent two months wallowing in self-pity <laughs> and just trying to figure out what am i doing with life and i think a lot of people kind of did that
0: mm. um oh yeah i think so it was
1: really it was interesting because like you know it's one of those moments of like self-reflection that you don't necessarily always get it really reminded me of this is obviously it's nothing like this but in my head just being able to have like a summer off going between a grade and school it was the same kind of thing where you have that moment to like reflect on you know whether it was a bad school year or a good school year like whatever it is, the ups and the downs, like you kind of get those couple of months to reassess everything. And also like, I think it was really important to like in that time really hash out what we wanted to do going forward. And after, so after that first couple of months, I was like, okay, this is life now. We go about continuing to be touring musicians. Is I that gonna be, to be the it. life that we do? Like yeah. what what, is that, what does music look like in, in this world currently? and everything's just been adapting day to day and we're just trying to uh trying to figure everything out really
2: yeah i think it was like just important to try to find the positive so that's kind of how we've been trying to view it now is just being able to get a bigger picture of like what we can do when everything starts to open up again like what we did before is that working like maybe we're rushing things and i don't know it was, it was it's kind of nice in a way i think to just have a bit of time to kind of think mm. uh but it was it was really really sad to have to cancel all that stuff and you know we had a lot of festivals and just so many things that we were looking forward to doing this summer and i think you just have to realize everyone's on the same page it's not just happening to us and just yeah there's no
1: one there's no one to get mad at which was interesting yeah you know if you if you lose a gig if you lose a gig because you know a bar owner you know double booked or whatever the case may be like there's someone to get it mad at but in this situation it's like that those feelings of anger that you feel are just put or out sadness, into the yeah. world or sadness yeah or just put out into the world and then you realize that you're kind of just yelling in the air and there's no real point to that right yeah so so i think yeah like we we spent that time trying to figure out how not to yell
0: into the air and kind of figure out what we're doing going forward do you think it is going to affect your songwriting at all
2: i think at first it kind of did in a way um we have done you know like virtual writing before um over video chat and stuff like that but it was it's just so much more difficult to not be in a room with someone and write like it's not
0: yeah yeah that really would be
2: right but like we have done quite a bit of writing actually especially the last few months so Again, like just trying to figure out the new ways of still doing the same thing, things we've always done just in, in a new way. I think it can be a good thing, again, for writing. It's it, it, it's just like grows your skills. Mm. It's, it puts you in something that might be a little bit more uncomfortable. You just kind of get used to it. So, yeah, we've done a bit of writing, which is lucky for us, I think.
0: Let's go back to when you guys first started. Like what brought the two of you together musically?
2: Uh, we actually met in a choir. Um, It was like a, yeah, it was like a community choir. There was like six of us. So (laughs) I don't know. I guess it was more of a singing
1: ensemble, ensemble.
2: (laughs) but yeah, it was a, a lot, a lot of the people in there were a lot older than us. We were the two youngest and um, yeah, we, we sang a duet one time together and everyone thought our voices blended really nicely. And Jordan was already playing gigs downtown at the time for, for quite a while. And he just kind of asked me to join. And that was that. So that was like 2011. Uh, was it 2011? Yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: A while ago now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been interesting. Like, there's been a lot of ups and downs over the years. It was like trying to manage life, you know, whether we were both in college at different points, and like I was in a rock band for a little bit, and you know, just or doing musical theater stuff, and and we just kind of only in the past since 2016 really started like recording and learning learning how much we didn't know about the music business <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know every they are like oh yeah we can, we play music all the time it's like no 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 that's, that's not, not the music enough. business
0: <laughs> yeah, no. that's the fun that part of it
1: yeah, right.
3: yeah
0: for
1: sure
3: every street light captures your good side we're chasing the sunrise to the golden hour Counting road signs Guided by yellow lines And we're making good time And the world is ours The world is ours I want a home In the golden hour Every day's a minute In every way you're in it Let me hold you now In the golden hour Feeling the wheels turn singing the free bird some people never learn about this golden hour take a picture cause life is a quick burn everything's clearer than ever before I want a hope
1: an ep in 2016 okay um yeah i was called Missy mountains we did almost live off the floor because i i couldn't play to a click track i, I barely can <laughs> now um it's so, so guitar, hard but... uh, yeah, it, it's hard it's not easy <laughs> no you gotta no. separate your brain and then there's like the idea of being able to push and pull like that's a huge element of what we do live like being able to mm. dip and swell and, and i think you know that necessarily doesn't always translate to a record but in the same sense like With a record, you want to have a percussionist or, you know, like someone else playing along to you and and to have, you know, eight or nine other people performing on a track and then going completely by an out of time, out of tempo (laughs) track is just not... It's not feasible and it's not it's not something that you wanna subject any professional musician to. So right, yeah. I've learned I've learned a little bit to play to it. I remember
2: track. Robert getting me to do claps. He was like, Do you think you can clap in time to draw? I was like, Yeah, He's like I okay. <laughs> I try, I'm like, Nope. <laughs> you had to drag you had to drag each individual clap to fit uh, your fit your time. <laughs> oh man. But yeah,
1: so 2018 was, was Golden Hour, and that, that record was kind of the start to us touring, and, and again, you know, the two years from Misty Mountains to Golden Hour, we were like, oh, we know a little bit about the music business, and then 2018 hit, and we were like, we know nothing about the music business, and we learned a lot of lessons, like, especially in that first year, about, like, touring, where to tour, like, what places to play, and networking connections, and cold calls, and just all this crazy stuff, and... and It was all, like, it was all really cool because it started in January of 2018. Uh, We we went to Nova Scotia to record the record. And we ended up, like, thinking we were going to do, like, another EP and did a songwriting camp and ended up writing 14 songs in four days with a bunch of writers from Atlantic Canada, which was crazy. And, and, like, of all the songs, yeah, like, of all the songs that we had, I think it was 10 of us total. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a bad song in the midst of it all, but it was, like, okay... Once we had to narrow it down, like what song suited us, we uh, that's where Golden Arrow became a full length record and basically changed our lives.
0: So the the business side of things, what helped that transition? Were there people that kind of helped guide you along a little bit, or was there just a lot of trial and error? Business wise, like, you know, the touring and gigs?
2: Yeah, I think a bit of both. I think we've been lucky to kind of, I guess, be in right place, right time kind of circumstances as well. Like there's been a few people we've worked with that we we met because we played at a conference or we met because we played a certain show or wedding or, you know, whatever. Um, and then like our producer, Chris Kirby, like uh, he knew Sound of Pop Publishing. And so when he when they set up this writing camp for us uh, for, Gold, for the album for Golden Hour, yeah, we got signed with them and like, Met all of those writers. Crazy. Yeah, which For for our first record to have,
1: like, the publishing deal, we were like, oh, pressure, 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 (laughs) pressure.
2: (laughs) Which, yeah, we didn't know until after we were finished. We thought that they were just going to host this and, like, maybe take a couple – they thought they were were good enough, and they ended up wanting to do the whole album with us, which is – which is great. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely connections. I think that's really important for people to know,
3: like, mm.
2: you know, it's so hard to do it all by yourself. It's, it's impossible really. You really do need to, you know, put yourself out there and, and meet the right people and, and always be talking and, and learning. And
0: how was it getting used to networking for you? What are you kind <laughs> it's of so weird? Yeah. Oh, it's are so- you <laughs> natural sort of like the small talk that kind of initiates things? Cause I'm horrible at it. Like to this day, I am so bad at it. And that's, you know like 90 percent of what the podcast depends on and (laughs) it's hard i
2: think it is so hard
0: i think honestly like the people who you have a good connection with like
1: instantly are going to be the people that you're going to work with i
2: I think too like people really need to see you play like the most connections we've made is because they have actually been there to see what we can do because i mean there's only so much we can say to somebody who hasn't heard us and also it's so hard to be like we're great. Like you're not going to, you know what I mean? Like I can't just be like, you should really hear us. We're awesome. Like, you know, so it's so difficult in that way. I think the, the best connections we've made is because of them already hearing us or someone has told them that they should listen, you know? So, right. But yeah, just going up to people and chatting not my thing <laughs> at all. And also, I'm so so bad at remembering names. Oh, me um, too. And faces. <laughs> and talking. faces. Like, I can... I'll remember the face, but I have no idea why. So, it's like i'm just like jordan jordan why why do i know him or like who is this like uh it's so brutal i'm glad jordan has a better memory for that that's
1: the nice
2: thing about us being two people
1: because yeah, <laughs> like you know we'll we'll have met somebody like at a like an after party like the night before you're supposed to go have those like one-on-ones and i'm like here's okay this is the one who was in the corner of the room who was like chatting about this and this and this and this and she's like okay okay <laughs> like oh man and and uh, like it's so funny it's it's yeah like prepping for those one-on-one meetings it's the most unnatural thing and i think like in terms of business there's only certain people who actually figure out how to be a musician in those settings like mm-hmm. and, and i think 90 percent of, of the business that comes out of it is like me you know maybe you met that person for the first time in a one-on-one but then actually being able to spend some time with them as a human being and not you know just another number or another you know possibility to work together like all the relationships that we have that are lasting are ones that kind of fell into place i think
0: i think that's kind of just the way a lot of life works too isn't it like some of the friends that you have are yeah. like, probably just people you kind of naturally fell in with after yeah, you know yeah. you're introduced through whatever but
1: as we started networking and you know going to these conferences and you know we went to americana fest last year like all these things that kind of happened were things that made us realize who we are more so who we're not
0: right and
1: yeah and i think i think it's so important like i think it's just important to be there like you know go to a music conference and like if you're the shy person in the room like that's okay because there's still some you're still in that universe and you're still picking up something you're you're gravitating towards people who are going to be like you in the grand scheme of it all and i think i think by doing that you either, A, become more social because you found a like group that you're with, or you just kind of, you fall into place where you belong. Mm. And that's, I think that's super important as, as a musician. Like,
0: just knowing your place. <laughs> Do you feel there's been a shift in your sound from 2018 to now?
1: It's more of like being able to classify it. Yeah?
2: Yeah, I don't know it's a shift. The only I mean, maybe I shift's not
0: the right word, but you know like
2: right yeah there's definitely a, a bit of a different vibe i think overall we're a little happier now <laughs> so i think uh in this new record like so I, like golden hour i mean it was pretty somber i love all the songs on it but um i think you can kind of tell where we were then i think
1: there's a couple of like, there's a
2: couple of outliers
1: but i'm like it's yeah. the, it's funny because the songs that are like the happiest are the ones that we're like yeah let's leave that out of the set list this time <laughs> like you know <laughs> it, it's weird yeah
2: um i think it has changed slightly but i think it happens with everyone i mean you know mm. the, the more things that we watch and we're inspired by you know the more your music is going to grow and and change but overall i don't think so i i think it's you know it's different but it's still us i don't think
1: i think it's growing like we are in the sense that like you know it's we're we're not really necessarily changing so i think some people change between records they kind of evolve and they you know Mm. they might like i don't know david bowie for example Best example of that, yeah. You know, right, between yeah. each record, it's like it's a whole other thing. It's a whole other world, and he's always constantly changing. And I, I just think like we've kind of evolved. Uh, I think we're better musicians because we've toured so much. Mm-hmm. I think we're better songwriters because we've written with so many people. I think that you know we have a better understanding of the music business, and like you know, even if it's just like how a chord works or something like that. Um, all of those factors have kind of been added into the new music but it's not necessarily something that's like we've looked to add in that in that sense does that make sense like
0: yeah no absolutely it does yeah like
1: like
2: a natural thing it's yeah it's just
1: kind of like it's kind of the
0: natural progression
1: of things and and
0: right the more you do
2: i I hope
1: yeah i hope we get better i hope people are like oh i like this new record whenever it comes out more than than the last one or or just as much or whatever the case may be but for us, I, I don't know, I, I feel a lot prouder of, of what we did this time around. Not saying I didn't the first time or the or, you know, the second time or whatever, but it's it's more or less I'm super proud of who I am in the moment that we recorded
0: that record. Right.
1: And it's kinda cool because like we figured out that we're basically an Americana folk duo you know like and that was kind of cool because when you go to a, one of those business conferences and they're like what kind of sound would you say you are and you're like uh folk pop roots underground indie <sighs> yeah. fan of the backstreet boys I and rise against <laughs> and how do you like you know how do you sum that all up right americano <laughs> <laughs> so it was, was kind of nice to just get that uh that label, I guess, you know, even though it's something that we instantly throw out the window when we go to write the next record, but right now it's it's just it makes sense for who we are, and and that's uh, that was kind of cool.
0: Do you think um, having laid down your last album helped you maybe find where you're going, where you're at, a little bit more?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was our first in a studio and our first experience in a writing setting like that, and so the amount of stuff that we learned was. <laughs> Uh, extensive. <laughs> it was
1: 14 days We spent 4 of them writing and the, the other 10 Recording and it was just yeah. It was really dumb <laughs> and,
2: and, you know, like, Yeah it was uh, I think you know as much as we had You know an idea of what we wanted each song Sound like and you know we obviously Contributed a lot to our Record I think we also took A lot of what other people were saying Too which is great like our producers Really collaborated uh, collaborative With us and he had lots of amazing ideas but i think for this one because we're even more comfortable with him we were able to kind of tell him more of what we wanted so yeah i think doing that album definitely set us up for a different experience this time
0: yeah you kind of know a little bit more for uh, you had a taste of what you're in for i guess probably had the opportunity to grow from that i imagine
2: yeah and like we we only stayed for two weeks and then the rest of the production was kind of done while we were away we, we still could t- tell him what we wanted to change or what we wanted added but it's very different when you leave so it's like the vocals we had laid down and the way we sang something it was like you couldn't really go back so i think it's it's cool because this time we know what we didn't like from the last time or what we wanted to improve on from the last time so i think we could go in with that mindset for this one right so yeah it's definitely it's all just a, a learning growth thing
0: <laughs> so i read a little bit about um you traveling to Nashville, and yeah. did that have any impact on what you want to do or what you feel like your sound is or should be?
2: It had a huge impact on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when we went down there for Americana Fest, like we were saying, we were kind of like, where do we fit? Like
1: we had all these Americana artists that we didn't even know were Americana musicians <laughs> that we were just listening to, like Flat, like Brandy Carlisle. Who else were we listening to? Joy Williams, Four the Milk Carton Kids, Four Events. There were so many different musicians that we kind of like fallen into. It was crazy because we went down to Nashville and we we seen like the schedule for for the whole the whole week, and it was like, oh, this is this is an artist that we like. Oh, this is another artist that we like. What what why are they all playing the same festival? Like, I thought they were all a little bit different. And in actuality, yes, they were. But I think that's the cool thing about like americana music is the fact that it's like
2: such a mixture
1: it could be country it could be folk it could be a little bit rocky it could be like indie rock like
2: definitely catchy like pop music
1: catchy like pop yeah music. so there's just so many factors that were involved with it so when we went down like that sound was kind of already in our ears but it like just solidified a little bit more we were like oh like
2: it made us feel like yeah like we people <laughs> yeah
1: somewhere. we didn't feel like we even like, though yeah. you know like Chris Stapleton was down there and everything like that we didn't feel like we were outliers in that on that weekend right yeah you know whereas in other festivals and stuff like um conferences and stuff is like not that we felt out but like we definitely didn't know what crowd to be hanging out with
2: I don't even know that so much it's just like when you're put on the same bill as like other folk artists and you're like okay well we are sort of that but like yeah. you know we're or- or whatever the case is, you're kind of like, well, I mean, yes, some of it, but should we really be on this bill with with these artists or, or, or in the same genre category as these artists? So I think it just made us feel like we weren't outcasts in a way. <laughs> we were like, okay, we can just be a mixture of things and it's okay. Yeah. We're allowed to be a mixture of things. No one can be mad and you know we're just going to continue to be like yeah we're americana that's exactly you
1: you ask like, for the label we're going to give it to you and yeah, if, if it's, it's not, not what label. you like then you can change it to whatever you want and i think that,
2: that
3: <laughs> yeah
1: that's the best lesson you can kind of learn is like to not pigeonhole yourself into something that you're not or something that just because it fits certain criteria he like, was like That was really hindering like you know i think about like some of the songs that i've written in the past i'm like okay i want this to sound like this and well that works really well if you're trying to do something for publishing and it needs to be like a sad sad moment in a song or something like that Hmm. like as an artist it's so stifling to like be limited to just trying to write for a genre or that to me was just like yeah it kind of turned me away from wanting to write yeah and especially to write what i wanted to write you know Without a trace,
3: only few men know. No matter how low, how low you go, you can never reach the bottom of a dead man's pond. Put you in a barrel, put you in a barrel, rolling down the signal in the dead man's pond. We're too wise if you sneak a little whiskey now.
2: to the packing place. Here, let me top up that poison for you. No, no. You keep the tip. All we need is a little like and share. That'll do just fine. There you go. Have a good day.
0: So other than how it kind of altered you, just overall, how was it? Like, just going down, like... <laughs> I mean, you obviously <laughs> got to share the stage with some pretty rad people. So oh how was that God. experience? But it was really cool
1: because it was like, you know, we were playing at the station in the same week as everything was going on. Then then we checked the, uh, the Americana Fest app, and they had added our show to the official showcase listing. And then we were like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, if people want to search for us, they can. And we ended up playing with uh, Birds of Chicago, Gangster Grass, who did the theme song for uh, – oh my God, Justified, do you ever listen oh, to the yeah. show? Oh yeah, sweet. Yeah, so, yeah, like to us, like just being a part of that set was like, Old Man Ludica was there as well, Del Barber, I'm just trying to think of everybody else, Upstate, uh, Armchair Boogie, I think that was, uh, Look at you, yeah. see,
2: look at the memory of <laughs>
1: <laughs> But it, it, it was such a diverse, like, playlist, and we ended up playing at Station Inn where like Willie Nelson's, like Reba McIntyre, and like Vince Gill might get up and just play the guitar one night, like, it's crazy, like, Just being in that setting of just music being appreciated and not like this like celebrity fest thing. Like even people who were celebrities, like Keith Urban was there. Like we seen Keith Urban. just
2: got up on stage and played with boy bands. It was it. And you're like, all right. Like it it was such a cool moment, but also like it kind of made it feel achievable in a way, if that makes sense. Like it didn't feel like these people were so far away kind of thing. I think it was a it yeah. was a nice thing because I think when we first went down we were thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to be this like big city and we're going to be like you know eaten alive. Eaten alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. What is this going to be like? And although, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we were definitely unknown. Um, it still made it feel like it was something that we could accomplish and something that we would go into. And yeah, it was it was it was less intimidating once we got there
1: right
3: he,
2: it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing to say because you, you'd almost feel like you would be more intimidated but it was so chill and everyone just seemed so normal i don't know if that's the right word but like <laughs> yeah it was not like everyone was a celebrity and it, it was it was just really nice humbling
1: yeah it was also really cool to like discover artists that we'd never heard of and like everywhere you went there was either something to or something new to hear and something to be inspired by
2: and and or a connection to that, yeah, to that, to the music.
1: I think, like, yeah, for us, like, you know, despite all the COVID stuff, like, we we definitely would love to go back again in the future. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it
2: definitely. it definitely changed our perspective yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Of of what the music industry could be. It sounds yeah, pretty awesome
0: right. that you you got to experience this really cool chill environment and yeah. getting to probably meet and share a stage with some amazing people and uh, yeah. have this super relaxed. Positive experience out of it. That's pretty amazing.
2: We just felt so good after we left right. American Fest, and we didn't expect to feel that way. So yeah, it was definitely one of the best experiences for us. <laughs> I think.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite show that you've ever played?
1: You go first. Lisa.
2: Favorite show. I gotta think about this. Oh my gosh, so do I. Because my memory is so terrible. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? I think honestly, it was probably Lunenburg Book Festival for me. Yeah, I, I felt actually very comfortable even though I was very shy I think most of the stages when we performed like I did speak but I maybe wasn't as like outspoken as I normally am on stage I was feeling shy but I was also feeling the most confident
3: in a weird way (laughs) and like I
2: just had so much fun we met so many incredible artists there oh yeah and the audiences were great and everyone was so attentive and they really appreciated everything that everyone was doing it's
1: also a dry festival which was
2: <laughs> which was interesting as yeah.
1: a, you know singer songwriters it's like not that you know party 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 but like for us it's like if you're thinking that it's going to be a party and we start playing now, hour like the fists are not pumping
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah you're <laughs> at the wrong place if you yeah. think that we're going to be party music so i think for us it we fit really well in there as well but I think I think Lunenberg like main stage. Yeah. I think that was probably the best. I yeah, I
1: think I think I'll agree. I th- I think another another really good one was um all was the ECMA's uh, oh, no. last year? Oh, no. I love I love that show. It was so funny because <laughs> we got put on this this folk night with uh, the Once, we uh, Matthew Byrne, Tomato Tomato, and um, mm. that playing that show with the you know like the East Pointers played as well. And and it was just like we were on this massive like
2: fifty 50- main stage,
1: main stage the one where they did the award ceremony. <laughs> it was like fifty feet, and there's us in the middle of it all, and. uh... <laughs> And there's like a light show program behind us that we had never seen before, and it was just so.
2: We were so nervous.
1: We were so nervous, but it was like it was like that moment where we like felt kind of at home on the East Coast, where like you know we're on the same bill as people we idolize and people who we've you know asked questions about what to do, and the the set was supposed to be. <laughs> I think it was
2: like twenty minutes,
1: twenty five minutes, or something, and we ended up finishing about ten minutes early and. <laughs> Being like, oh, shit, did we go over time? <laughs> Jordan
2: played Golden Hour so fast. It was like double time. We were so
1: nervous. It so <laughs> but it was definitely a highlight because I remember just leaving that, like, feeling like, even though it was, like, so so nerve-wracking at the time, like, getting off stage, everybody was so positive about that show. And it, like, opened up a bunch of doors to-, to tour, like, throughout 2019. And it was just, like, we because of that, we played Alberta, like, and like saskatchewan and, and bc and like bunch of stuff in ontario and it was just like and that's the reason that we went to nashville like really yeah. that show like, oh, wow. everything. okay
2: yeah and even yeah. um philly folk fest we did that virtually we were yeah. supposed to go down there but obviously covid happened but yeah like we made a lot of contacts at, at yeah yeah
0: that's amazing well i guess that's kind of half the point really of the cMAs is just to showcase what the east coast has and Trying to get people to hear it and see it and uh, want to be part of it.
1: It's, yeah. it's such a unique and, like, mostly unnatural situation.
2: <laughs> but, but, like, super necessary, too. Super necessary. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like I was saying earlier, it's like, that's where those moments happen where, like, yeah, okay, like, they've seen you play, but it's actually, like, dog, uh, you guys end up meeting you know what i mean like the hot dog at the end of the show at, at like the dive bar or whatever <laughs> the case may be like those are the those are the instances where it's like that's where music really happens you know like least music business
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i agree we have a couple other local festivals around here and and more often than not that's where i end up talking to uh you know the band that i that i dug and want to get on the podcast or want to play totally. uh, some of their singles or something is afterwards when you actually run into them on the street and they're like you said getting a hot dog or a doner or something you're like yeah. oh hey you guys played a great set earlier and then you sort of start striking up a conversation and then you know trading some cards or whatever and <laughs> yeah it's. So, yeah.
1: i thought you were talking about pokemon cards or something because i was like <laughs> oh business cards because we haven't given out any business cards in 2020 that's true. So that's true. I was like, what's he talking about cards? <laughs> like I'm like, oh, okay.
0: I should just <laughs> start stamping Pokemon cards with my logo and <laughs> I love it. Oh
1: my I would gladly take one. <laughs> we should
2: all make up our own Pokemon. I
1: need There's yellow oh, energy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we'll make our own Pokemon. <gasps> It'll be a Raven thing. Oh, oh there oh, you go. Okay. There you go. Hey? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. We'll get all the gigs that
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Your new single, Hope. Why did you choose this for your single? We
1: we actually recorded this when we were up playing at the Ludenberg Folk Festival. And so it's it's kind of been in the the works for a while. Like we finished it. I guess it was yeah. early. Yeah, no, it was like early oh. this year. Yeah, it's super early true. this year. Like we I I think we had that song almost ready to go when we went up to record the rest of the record in January. And we were like, "Okay, once January is over, we'll put the single out." and or not january but like march like when we start going on tour and once everything started happening we were like let's hold off on this song for a little bit because we couldn't we couldn't tour our new record because nobody's touring
3: Mm -hmm. and we couldn't
1: you know so we decided to like give us some time in between everything and and so we put out hope almost more like a a rally cry for us (laughs) like to get us back in the groove of like releasing things and like you know, this this is this is the first single off of the next record and, and we kinda hope that like while it's also a rally cry for us, it does the same thing for everybody else too and in and, and the fact our life is not conventional and we've kind of accepted that now. <laughs> mm. You know, it's not we might never be able to afford a new car or anything like that. And looking at, you know, our friends and family who are in positions to be able to do that, um, we got jealous for the longest while of, of that concept. But I think this song is, is the realization that like while they're doing their thing, we're also doing our thing and it doesn't have to be the same.
0: Right. Yeah. In
1: order for you to enjoy your life. Like in order for it to, to provide happiness. Like, you know, they say money doesn't buy you happiness, but there's There's certain luxuries in life, like, you know, being able to afford rent without having to go deliver pizzas for a little bit, you know, like (laughs) those kinds of things that like for me, I'm so down to like if I have to go out for the next couple of months and and be a delivery driver or work at a bar, as long as I continue doing music in the capacity that I've been doing it, then uh, it's worth all that sacrifice. And it's it's worth not necessarily having that conventional, you know, life that, that other people find happiness in.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just trying to move away from other people's goals because, you know, most people have the same kind of kind of life structure of how, how they think it should go. So mm-hmm. it was kind of realizing that our life can still bring us happiness and, and good things and, and just different, you know, a different path. But I think it was also just a coincidence that, you know, it happens to be probably what a lot of people are struggling with right now, you know, because of COVID, a lot of people's loss of income or not being able to afford everything that they used to be able to, to afford. So it was definitely a perfect song in a way to release when we did, um, but yeah, we were gonna release it way before. So it's just kind of interesting that it can take on that that role or like it can be that song for someone else, even if that wasn't the intention when we wrote it originally.
3: I get lost, running circles in my mind. That's the cost. We're living the dream as you and I And all our friends are growing up, some are going gray. But look at us, we have an easy day.
0: that same vein curious as artists do you find that other people who aren't artists have a hard time grasping the the sacrifices that you're making
2: (laughs)
1: yes i think I i don't think there's a realization of like what's actually involved like if to the general public like i think that's a big factor it's like if you were to sit down and like calculate the number of hours that we work on what we do whether it's you know like spending an hour doing an interview or or performing or writing or you know it's so many hours of work that people just kind of don't necessarily equate to what a conventional career would be but you know in the grand scheme of it all it's a lot more hours sometimes
2: there's so, there's so mm. much stuff behind the scenes i think people just saying oh i'm watching an artist play a few songs for a laugh it's like no, they probably had to practice a long time to learn hundreds of songs and play for four hours tonight. Like,
1: not, <laughs> yeah. really oh, the four hour simple, gigs. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: not all
2: fun and games. Like, these are, you know, this is a career that people have to work at. So yeah, it is difficult to try to explain that. I think I don't. I think it's getting a little bit better. I don't always feel like people are looking down on me now because of what I'm doing, (laughs) which is kind of nice.
1: Like, no, and like my parents have become a lot more supportive over the years. But it's like you know, when when you're like 16 or 17 years old, and you're like, I'm probably going to be a professional musician. Like your parents are like you should probably also have a degree in something or like, <laughs> which is
2: fair. Which it's is totally fair. fair. And, but,
1: and they're only really yeah. looking out for me, but it's only now that they kind of realize that like, you know, when I call them, I tell them that, you know, we've got a few gigs lined up or whatever the case may be. And it's like, it's a decent, it's a decent paying gig. Like it's something that can help us either propel forward or, you know, cover yeah. this month's rent or, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. eat sushi or like right, whatever. whatever it is. <laughs> um, it's it's at this point now, like where they're like, Oh yeah, like at least he's doing something with hundred percent of the gusto. You know if you don't love what you're doing, I don't necessarily believe that you should be doing it. Right. You know? Even if it's something that provides you with some sort of happiness. Like I, I really I really believe that people should like follow their dreams and you know, to as much as they can. It's just this idea of just being able to do it in some capacity or some fashion.
2: Yeah. It's hard here too because there's so many artists that are so incredibly talented. I think that's all over the East Coast and beyond, and they just, they always stop at a certain point because it's so hard to take that jump or to like invest the money or the time, hmm. especially as you age and you're kind of like, okay, I would really kind of like a house, like, or like I would really <laughs> like these things. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's really hard for people to take that extra step and to really try. And like, if you're rejected or, you know, you go on and you play just a couple shows and there's no one there (laughs) and that's super discouraging and that's understandable and people just feel like oh it's never going to get better than this or like how much time do I actually have how many years before I can to a better point the Mm. people who made it super far or like whatever it's just because they've decided to go like they've decided to do the thing you know right (laughs) they've done the tours And they've put in the time and, you know, it is about talent to a certain degree, but it is about the dedication too. And you need to love it to have that dedication, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly.
2: It can be a little bit difficult sometimes (laughs) to be like, we're musicians. (laughs) People don't always look at us in in the best, in the best light. It's a little better now.
1: It's definitely a lot better now. Yeah. But for the longest while, it was like, are you? They're like, sure you are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's usually a that's <laughs> nice, you know. Like
2: we'll check back in a few years when you change your yeah. career. <laughs> I know
0: what you mean. There's a, a <laughs> lot of patronizing at at points, I, I think, and then uh, eventually they realize, you know, that's that's what you're doing. This is this is you. Yeah. This is your choice. Yeah. And uh, I uh, interviewed a band called uh, Nurture Nurture. A little while ago. Jeff Cook
1: there. is one of my best buddies. <laughs> Not really, but like from, from the music scene in St. John's, like we make me and everything, his old band, like we played a lot of shows together.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> so that's from yeah. when he lived in Newfoundland or? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Oh, it's so awesome. So he he talked a bit about kind of like you did, the same idea of you put this many hours of work into playing that three minutes That And that three minutes is all the people see, you know, and they can listen to it at their leisure if it's recorded, but that's still X number hours of work that you, if you're really lucky, you're going to get paid properly for those X number hours of work, but you're probably not. And that's the sacrifice that people just don't understand and people just don't see for the artists. And that's, that's unfortunate, but other artists know it, they recognize it, you know
1: yeah and i think i think that's the beauty of it all and the fact that like music is such a supportive community like and we were saying earlier the same
2: thing as us
1: yeah. yeah so like we you know we would talk to tomato tomato like you know if, if they can help people save 10, 10 minutes looking for venues in in st john or fredericton or whatever the case and we love doing the same thing like you know someone's like oh well, you guys did this tour and like i've seen a few people without tours and i'm like that's basically the same route that we've done and i'm like i i hope that they looked through that. And if they did look at our tour schedule to never be afraid to like contact us. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I you know, there's some of those venues are great. Some of them, like we <laughs> won't go back to. And,
2: and some of them don't appreciate, like you're saying, like, some of them don't appreciate or don't understand the work that goes into it. Yeah.
0: Is there uh anything maybe you wanted to discuss or, or bring up that I haven't asked about, or we haven't discussed already?
1: You know, just the fact that we're working on our new record. Um, it's almost done. <laughs> Yeah. we we have we it's one of those things where like we were like oh let's put it out in august and, you know covid hit and then we were like all right let's hold off on it so <laughs> we 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 currently have uh i think the mixing is almost done and then send it off to mastering but we've... we're
2: we're hoping by the end of the year maybe but uh but yeah i guess i guess we'll see
1: we'll see what the future brings. we'll
2: see I guess just, you know, if everybody wants to just watch us on the social media, we can... Uh... Oh, nice plug there, <laughs> Kirsten. Yeah. So Thank where you. can people find you oh, if you ugly. want to throw
0: that out there?
1: Um, our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube handle are the Raven duo. Uh Our Twitter, which didn't have enough characters, is QTR underscore duo. Which
2: With- we're terrible at Twitter, so oh. if you want us... Oh, i've been using there.
1: twitter that's the we worst i've
2: been using twitter isn't it, isn't it so difficult
0: I'm, it's so hard to be I'm original on, on four, four different platforms <laughs> i know right we, it's better where you can just we, take one and then like cut and paste it into the other ones yeah. <laughs> yeah. change you a, a few letters yeah oh,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah but uh and our website is dot so this and it's, that'll link you to everything too
2: so. yeah it'll link you to all the music platforms as well anywhere that anyone would like to purchase anything
0: Nice
2: Thank you. <laughs>
0: nice
2: yeah. <setup>. Thank you. <laughs> no. Oh, my. But yeah, no, definitely, coldthravenofficial.com is the best place.
0: If you could throw out a piece of advice to anybody who's either beginning or, you know, wants to get started just playing music, any advice at all, what's one important piece you think you can impart on somebody?
2: Yeah, I think it's just to keep going. I think it's to, to not get discouraged and to really put in the effort and, you know, if you ha- cuz i mean any business is an investment you know a lot yeah. of people use their own money or their own time yeah to kind of propel their business so it is like that you you really have to invest in order to hopefully get the outcome that you want i think there's always an audience for everyone we try to say that a lot to you like especially cuz again you know when we played here originally in Newfoundland originally and we weren't playing traditional music i think that was a little bit of a downer for us cuz we always felt like we could never make the same career as a lot of the traditional artists from here but you know touring and really getting out there just made us realize that there really is an audience for everything music is subjective people like different things all over the world and you know as long as you keep playing you will find the people that understand and like the things that you do
1: yeah, just add to that like i just i don't think anyone should ever be afraid to reach out to anybody cuz literally like the worst thing anyone ever going to tell you is like fuck off you know, yeah, that's, like that's, that's the true, worst yeah. thing anyone, like that's the worst thing anyone's ever going to tell you. And then, like you know, like how many times does that happen to me? I, I, it's definitely happened more than than I've gotten yeses over the years. Like
2: maybe not in those words. Well, you, like, it depends
1: on who yes, <laughs> but that's the worst. Like that's probably the worst that's going to happen. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, if you reach out to somebody and they don't respond or they, you know, they they, they're the worst thing in the world that is not the end of the world it's just the beginning of you know (laughs) probably don't follow up with the people who don't uh who don't you know give you the best response but but the idea of like not taking no for an answer uh in the music business is a huge thing and
2: and will always be more no's but there's
1: always there's always going to be a yes somewhere
2: and i think also to to make sure that no one just gets discouraged to reach out to other bands and other artists. Mm. Like the most that we've learned is from other people. And they're not always people that we know super, super well, but they might be on the same level as us or tomato, like Tomato Tomato, yeah, for example. We've totally reached out okay. to them and there's so many people that we yeah. can just ask questions to and they are very happy to answer.
1: Hopefully we'll be able to like meet up when uh when all this is all
0: when said we're, and done. We're and and I would love to. Absolutely. End, so. Please yeah, man. please Thanks look me that. up if you're ever here and Certainly if I'm there I will Definitely. look you guys up Well thank you very much For coming on And thank you for giving me Your time I, I really appreciate it And I had a, had a great time Talking with you guys Anytime Cheers We'll have a good one
3: I was the only guy The very last man You
2: This is Melissa Harrison from Aesthetic Beauty Lounge, and you've been listening to the Peg and Place podcast.